Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a single tree podcast. This is episode number nine. We're going to keep talking about non-dualistic thinking. Uh, dualistic thinking being our brain's tendency to judge and categorize everything. And just how that intersects with our daily lives. Right. And how we can move into receiving and being present with everything that we encounter right so and you're joel and i'm brandon oh yeah i'm joel hey everyone <laughs> well how do you want to move into that well it, I, I think in, the, in our first first couple of, of of podcasts we uh spent some time talking about the small self and the Oh, yes. The large self and um, <clears throat> kind of introducing the the ideas around that and how the small self and the large self um, manifest. Uh, we tried to contextualize that because uh, really that you know just happens in us all in the human experience and um, being able to kind of gain some some awareness around that and um, practical ways and how gaining some awareness around that will be helpful for us in having this human experience and trying to um, maybe have a more creative expression out of that by understanding mm. the role of the small self and the role of the large self and... Um, you know, that ties in quite nicely to the ideas of, or the idea of, of dualism. Um, because, uh, as, as you said earlier on, you know, the, um, dualism is this, is this, um, separating, categorizing, judging, um, analyzing um process right which isn't good or bad it's just what happens right it's what your brain does it's what the brain does right and how that's relative to the to the small self so yes probably yeah probably what we could just do is maybe draw some parallels between um the concept of 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 dualism and just um, transpose that over, yeah. Um, our talks on um, the antics of the small self. <laughs> the antics, transpose. That's a that's an amazing word. Yeah, it's a big word. I'm big big words today. For... <laughs> uh oh. Um. Yeah. I th I feel like in so since we talked about the non dualistic thinking in the last podcast, I've really been thinking about it a lot in my own life and how I interact with people and I feel like you know um, like like we were saying the last time you know your your brain is that its job is to analyze and judge things and, and kind of get eva evaluate um, in these either or categories um, and it's kind of weird when you stop when you stop doing that, 
it's like you have this there's like this whole other way of existing mm-hmm. you you were saying in the last podcast that that you know your brain was doing that all day long um and that and that's how we live our lives we're constantly just judging things that that we encounter you know um and if you stop doing that if you really pay attention and stop doing that then there's like this whole other way of existing i, th- I like to think of it as receiving you, mm. you then can receive what's in front of you rather than judging it and i don't and i don't think you can really receive things when you're judging them yeah no i i i, I agree i think i think you can i think you can receive but what you're receiving is so much more limited mm-hmm. and if we go off of the idea that you know that okay. <clears throat> that what the brain does is analyze categorize all of these things essentially to because that's the main way it is able to secure survival right or safety mm-hmm. by getting some context right but it's a pretty superficial context mm-hmm. you know and once we have that fundamental safety um context figured out it's like okay then then what because we're pretty complex beings and Mm -hmm. you know maybe we're meant for more than just securing a context of of safety maybe we're meant to receive more than that you know and I think you're right, Joel. You know, when you say, when you can kind of slow that process of dualism down or when you can recognize it and kind of differentiate from it and move out of it, you can mm-hmm. receive more. And you keep using that word encounter. And I, I'm glad you do because I think it's just a, a, a perfect word. And it helps us kind of, for me, I, I you know when 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 you were talking the word um essence comes to mind mm-hmm. you know mm. um then we can really start opening up to and receiving the essence of mm. yeah of 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 what things are yes um there's a a guy that I like to read uh, his name's uh Jiddu Krishnamurti Uh and he talks a lot about the very very thing we're talking about and he'll say he'll talk about um, trying to practice this just by looking at a tree Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. not don't try to think about what the tree is or how big it is or what color it is or any of that just Mm. just be a pure observer of it so that you can have an encounter with the essence of mm. of of the tree you know that's really the only way you can encounter and up open up to the essence of something is to kind of lay that or defer that uh-huh. dualism it's not yeah it's not there's not thinking right it's just taking in Right, right. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's nice. I've been since we talked about the 
dualistic thinking on the last podcast, I've been trying not to say the word good mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm so, so in the habit of saying that's good, you know, it's good. You know, it, just when I'm talking to people, it's, it just falls out of my mouth so often, you know, and the, and it's this, this dualistic phrase, you know, the, these things are good. This, these set of things are, this set of things are good. And, you know, this other set of things is bad, um, is the implication, mm-hmm. right? And it's a judgment saying it's good. This is good is a, is a judgment. And, you know, like I'm some kind of authority on everything, right? I can say this is good. Um, and, and so it's been, it's been interesting as I've, as I've tried to stop saying that, um, how much different I feel, um, when I'm just sort of trying to have an encounter with someone or with something, I can, uh, take, take it in easier. I can receive it. Um, and I can really get more to the essence of the thing or the person who, that's in front of me um, because I'm not judging it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. <clears throat> I was, when you were talking, I was wondering what have you noticed or have you noticed anything differently in regards to how your conversations are different or how people respond? Yeah. I, I just know I feel different. <laughs> I think, I think there's more life in the conversations because uh, people feel truly received rather than judged, um, which I think make, makes a huge difference for, you know, people will, um, they're affected by that. They're impacted by you receiving them in a true way. Um, and I think they're more likely to share themselves with you when they're really being received. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think it's, it's definitely been different from my perspective. And it, it feels more life-giving for me. It feels more creative, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, it does definitely open things up, the conversation yeah. and even the encounter when you're further away from that dualism, you know? You said yes. something earlier on this week about it, your practice of this and how your conversations have been more more creative because if some someone says something to you um whereas in the past you may have said that's good you know or yeah that's bad or made a comment on that it just kind of closes yeah. closes the the conversation yeah you know what brings I mean? it to an end and so what you're saying is by not not doing that you're not just limiting the the conversation to it either mm-hmm. you know it's it's right or wrong there there are multiple ways to go from that point in in the discussion it's much more explorative then yeah as soon as you say that's good yeah you you stop exploring you stop exploring the thing you can't really get to its essence because you've just deemed it good mm-hmm. or bad. And you, you stop being curious about it, the person or the thing, the circumstance. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's really powerful mm-hmm. because I think that's kind of what conversation is. Is you know, in in essence, it's kind of this sharing of experience, isn't it? And mm-hmm. kind of a a quest for for understanding or a deeper context, right? Mm-hmm. And how better to do that than just to talk about the the isness of 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 whatever the conversation's about and not um limit it to good or bad it's almost like you know when you're driving down the highway <clears throat> you know you you have these these exit points and mm-hmm. you know when you say good or bad it's almost like a forced exit off of the highway yeah you know you're you're directing the flow and the direction of of the conversation um, by inserting a a judgment. Yes. And what you're saying is that um, it's been good for you to to be part of these conversations and not have. A whole lot of influence in regards to how it's being directed mm-hmm. that it will just take its own yeah course it's more creative and explorative i've been trying to say the word yes more often mm-hmm. when i was in high school i traveled to ethiopia which is in africa and uh we were talking with all these ethiopian um, pastors and uh, in Ethiopia, in the, uh, I think it's Amharic, it's the language that, it's a tribal language that they spoke, and they would, their word for yes is al, and they would say it differently. You know, when we say yes, in our culture, we nod our head, you know, and, and there's this kind of the nonverbal language that says, yes, we understand. Um, in their in their culture, they would breathe in when they say the word al. They would say, like that really just yeah and it was really it's really like communicates something it it just seems so much more receptive um it's it's like you're just taking in what has been said okay okay so there's so yes it's not a you know dualistic yes or no like you're correct it's more like yes i understand like saying yes to what is what is being said or submitted to them so it's weird. I've, I've, I've naturally this week too been like sort of breathing in as I listen to people talk mm-hmm. just to sort of like receive what they say, hmm. so, which is also an interesting practice. If you, if you really are going to receive someone, what they're saying, you know, you have to receive what they say. And that, you know, it almost doesn't matter whether you agree with what they're saying or not. You know, typically they're just, they're just talking from their perspective, right? They're they're giving their story or their feeling or their thought about something, and you know we we typically approach it from this dualistic perspective, which you know we we're always thinking about whether we agree with them or not, or if we would feel the same way, or if we do feel the same way, right? <clears throat> and so we're making these judgments of, you know, yeah, that's right, or no, or yeah, that's good, or. Oh, that's bad. You know, um, we're judging what they say constantly, mm-hmm. right? By whether we agree with it or not, or whether we feel like they should be having that feeling or not. Whereas, you know, if you're just saying, yes, I understand. 
You know, you're just, you're not saying you necessarily agree. You're just saying, I can see how you feel or what you think. And there's still validation in that. Mm-hmm. There's still validation in, yeah. in saying, yes. But you're just receiving the person, you know, <clears throat> you're receiving their heart. You're receiving their thought. Um, you, you don't have to break down the phrasing of what they say or the logical um, consistency or um, correctness of what they're saying. The words, you're just receiving the person, you know, you're receiving their, their feeling, their thought. So it's, it's less binary. Yes. Binary being dualistic. Right. It's, it's, you're, you're not judging it one way or the other. Right. It's just taking it in, taking in the essence of what they're saying and taking, taking in even the essence of the person. Hmm. And it's amazing what happens for people when you do that, when you just receive them. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, they feel received. They feel accepted. Mm-hmm. Right? And and then there's something creative that can happen rather than it just brings the conversation to a halt and they feel judged or, mm-hmm. or just agreed with. You know, there's this creative process of maybe we can discover something instead of, oh, we're done because you think I'm good. Or you think I'm wrong? It's also a process. It, it it's also something that that honors honors. I don't know how else to say it. The process of the process. I mean, mm-hmm. in in a conversation when you're not, when you're a little bit further away from the dualism and you're just accepting what is, you're allowing the process to take form and and to manifest and to move on its own and then you're kind of trusting whatever needs to happen will happen out of just allowing the process to to come forth and and to manifest does does that does that make sense yeah because if it's if it's more of a a dualistic binary process you um you're really you're really limiting the ability for the process to to do its work yes but there's this invisible yeah. thing called the process that's happening between you it's the interaction between the two people right and that it's an alive oh, wow. thing and that you can trust this invisible alive thing and that as long as you can kind of get out of the way, mm-hmm. what will come is what is needed mm-hmm. instead of yeah, what will come. We have this idea that, you know, through our, our, our dualistic kind of thinking or conversation that what will come will come from whatever thought you have or I, or I have. Mm-hmm. And you know, that limits it. It seems like, yeah, there's, you know what what we create together is different than what either of you either of us could create on our own mm-hmm. and uh you know, you know it would be taking the approach instead of taking the approach to a conversation that we're going to agree on what is right or good um and 
and you know talk about that and, and arrive at some point where we where we are in the same place you know we would approach a conversation from the perspective of we're going to create something through this conversation mm -hmm. you know so creative uh, is the goal rather than let's be right let's let's agree on what's right and that's a totally different process it's it's trusting the process of create creativity of creation the process is the creativity then is yeah. what you're saying yeah and that it's this invisible and alive thing that is happening mm -hmm. between two people yeah that's so counter intuitive mm -hmm. to what we're taught really yeah and it's really counterintuitive to the way of the small self you mm -hmm. know oh yeah so the small self yeah really the small self really wants to be <laughs> wants to be right right it the small self wants safety like you're saying the small self wants to protect itself that another word for the small self is the ego um and it wants to make itself valuable, you know? So, so, you know, from the small self perspective, you're approaching a conversation wanting to be agreed with mm -hmm. a lot of times you're, you're wanting to be right. Mm -hmm. You're, you're wanting to be told that you're valuable, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Where, you know, uh, the more creative process is probably more of a larger self process. It's, it's allowing, you know, what will become through a conversation to become something greater than just whether we agree or not, or whether I'm right or whether I'm okay or not, you know, um, there's this creative process that can happen. Hmm. Yeah. And the small self really is, is just in this constant pursuit of wanting to know. Yes. Right. Yes. It needs to know its pursuit is to know beyond the shadow of a doubt right <laughs> to be safe yes right because that's how it gets safety is to know yes it needs to know beyond the shadow of a doubt what is happening on every single level yes it's about control yeah. so as i've talked to people this week i've you know made all these I feel myself making all these judgments it's my small self wanting to say that's good and that's bad you know to judge things um, and and like we said it just brings these conversations to a halt um, and but I've but I've been wondering like what is it in me that creates this need or this impulse to say it's good to judge things you know I don't, I don't even understand that, you know, and, may, and maybe it's my desire to need to be right or to know, like mm -hmm. you're saying. Yeah. It's almost like that, you know, there's, there's a couple of different factors that may be involved because I have no idea, but you know, some <laughs> of it is this, this pursuit to, to want to know, right. Or, you know, it's almost like what's, what's built in and it's kind of unspoken. We're kind of taught this um that there that we can validate 
that that we need to that we need to to validate um and and experience by saying yes or not you know yes or no to someone's experience that it's that it's good or bad mm-hmm. and you know i i'm not sure but i haven't thought about this a lot but you know maybe the most important thing is that you're just validating or just receiving the experience that that's probably more powerful than saying you're right or you're wrong mm-hmm. there's a difference mm-hmm. the distinction may not seem huge but i would think that it does make a big difference mm-hmm. yeah i think it does make a big difference when you can just receive something rather than than judging it i think it does i think the uh the small self also has this sort of archetype that it works off of you know it has like an ideal self you know if i can be my ideal self then i'm okay i'm valuable right um and we and we go around placing those ideals on other people too you know if they are you know if they resemble this ideal self or or have characteristics that are um reminiscent of this ideal self then they're okay and we go around judging people based on our our archetype our ideal self um and uh and we also judge ourselves based on that right and so you know the small self seeks to make itself valuable by measuring itself against this ideal self and then you know the things that happen that you know things that people say you judge based on that standard the ideal self right Mm. Um, which is not true at all you know your small self (laughs) you know you might have this idea that you're going to become your ideal self but that doesn't actually make you valuable you know Mm. but the small self uses that as a standard and goes around measuring itself you know the small self goes around measuring the person um, and other people based on on it and that's where all the that's part of where all those judgments come from. Yeah, it seems seems like if you can realize <clears throat> that to, on some level, then it, it starts to be a, a recognition of like some sort of trap. Then mm-hmm. <laughs> that the, your small self is trapping itself. Which is weird because it's always, you know, the small self thinks it's trying to get freedom and power and control to get free, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So, what do you? How do you practice this? Well, I mean, I think, I think similarly, um, you do. Um, You know, I I, th- I think I, I think I, it's a couple other podcasts ago that I was telling that story of that, that parable. You know, mm-hmm. where there was this, this man in the village, and he lost his horse, and all of these villagers, you know, came in, rushed in to give him pity and say, "Oh, this is terrible for you," and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and he said. 
you know, maybe. And the next day, the horse brought back 40 other horses. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the villagers came in and say, oh, what a what a celebration. You have 40 horses now. And he said, yeah. maybe, you know. They said it's. They said it's good. Sure. Yeah. They said it's good <laughs> or something. Right. And he, you know, through all of these different circumstances, he he withheld judgment. He withheld. He was not so quick to think that he knew what was good or bad or what was best. Uh-huh. Because things that seemingly seemed good mm-hmm. the next day or the next week brought something that was could be judged as disastrous, yeah, so what do you think uh what do you think the other villagers would have said if they were thinking in the non dualistic way? I don't know. Maybe they would have just continued living their lives. And <laughs> not said anything. Not said anything. Maybe the best thing you can do sometimes. Or just, you know, sat on his front porch with a cup of coffee and, you know, listened. Listened and just talked about what was happening. And, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. Just, they would just be with him. Right. I think another thing that I do to just kind of receive people's story is just to say, hmm. That's you, a good one. You just got to take it in that way. There's there's a few different words that you can use or, or just even nonverbal things that you can do that just help you to receive without judgment. Yeah. I like to say, I find myself saying, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You yes. Know, not right as in that's right. But right. Like, right. Right. I right. Get it. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Yes. Yeah. It's a a receptive phrase. Right. Yeah, so the small self um, judges itself and it judges other people. Um, You know, and and it is about safety. It's about creating value in ourselves. Uh, We we want to be valuable. Um, And so we create these ideal selves and measure ourselves against them constantly, always coming up short obviously but it's a way to sort of get ourselves to become better to improve ourselves so we can become more like our ideal selves right but we just end up judging ourselves all the time and judging others um and so i think i think that's a lot of people struggle with just this constant judgment of themselves you know they're they're, they're doing and saying things all day long and then they're constantly small, small self judging themselves um, good or bad or you know against their ideal selves or whatever so what would you say to someone who's struggling with self-judgment I you know I think the first and more most important step is to you know if someone's listening to this and some aspect of what we're rambling on about is makes sense to them then maybe all they need to start doing is just kind of paying attention to when that when that judgment and that self-criticism is even happening Mm -hmm. okay because you I mean you're not going to be able to do anything different from what you're doing until you're realizing 
when you're doing something, right? Yes. So I think the most important step is just to just to get really, really good at recognizing when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then remembering that you can that you can do something differently. I mean, it seems overly simplistic, but well, and you know, the another part of that might be um, realizing that those judgments are coming from the small self, which really wants to be valuable. Um, yes, I absolutely think that there's something pretty pretty helpful in the, in that process. Um, is kind of assigning whatever this phenomenon of categorizing or judging um, this phenomenon to to a part of you, you know what I mean? Uh, because that makes that makes the the process of doing something different more tangible and mm-hmm. workable, I, at least from from my perspective. Mm-hmm. So when I recognize this phenomenon of dualistic thinking or this categorizing or judging. When I can recognize that, number one, I recognize that. Then number two, I'm, there's a, an immediately a recognition of what part of me is has some energy, which mm. is that small self. Mm. And then I can just kind of consciously redirect or move away from it. Oh, yeah, like, like move more into the larger self. Right. I mean, you have to be able... Uh-huh. This pro- what you're talking about is is you're differentiating from yeah from something so that you can do something different. Yes, yes. So once you have differentiated from your small self and kind of moved into a larger self, the larger self, then it's maybe helpful to think about like self forgiveness. You know. Um. Your small self will be hard on itself uh, when you mess up, for instance, or if you do something that you don't, that doesn't jive with your, with your ideal self, right? And, um, but the large self being a more kind of mature, developed, loving presence. forgiving, yeah. Yeah, can probably help you then forgive yourself for your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like the small self is its own worst whipping boy. Yeah, it's trapping itself. Right. Like you said earlier. It's the part that gets mad about being mad. Yeah. Or anxious about being anxious. Yeah. Yeah. It judges itself for being whatever it is. Right. And then if we can recognize what in the heck is happening and differentiate from that, it's almost like the, the essence of the larger self can come in and kind of start mm, softening the edges of that yes. whole, slowing down the process and dissolving the that that the process of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think people are just. I think people are just locked in their small self so much. You know, we we think there's this process of growing and changing that is we have our ideal self in mind and we're going to, you know, 
beat ourselves up until we become our ideal self, you know, which doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't actually produce change a whole lot, the kind of change that we need anyway. Um, it just produces shame, you know, or shame is kind of a byproduct and even the whole problem itself. Um, and so moving into the larger self is really a way to actually mature and become better to become you know i won't use the word better because that's a dualistic phrase but to develop and grow yeah it seems like when we can do that process a little bit better we can um, access maybe the larger self Mm. a little bit more consciously and then there's just a the experience is more out of essence than than thinking acting doing that that stuff seems more superficial mm-hmm. you know it's more about presence you said presence and essence yeah essence yeah okay so you you need to be able to receive yourself even from a larger self perspective, mm-hmm. the essence of, of yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thomas Keating says we will not recover. I think something like we will not recover on good advice alone, but by being loved in our mistakes, you know, so the, the large self, when we move into the large self, it can, it, it helps us to realize it's not all about like forcing ourselves to do the right things or, or, punishing ourselves when we don't but just in being loved in our mistakes yeah so the large self let's let's talk about what the large self would say to the small self the large self takes this perspective that it's not all about you doing all the right things it's not about you just muscling yourself into becoming your ideal self it's maybe just about becoming connected with others it's maybe about just being received you know the large self just receives the small self with all its mistakes right and you you can't receive from you know without accepting without Mm -hmm. accepting what comes Mm -hmm. and having a resolve about that which is difficult yeah for the small self the the small self is not oriented towards that but the large self has a resolve to accept what's happening what happened and whatever's coming yes no matter what no matter what with all the mistakes because that's all you because it's quite clear it's quite clear on that that's that's the most powerful thing that you can do yes. actually yes. so big difference between power and force mm. you know mm. accepting what is in a pretty radical way is transforms transforms and is an extraordinary extraordinarily 
good example of an expression of power mm. mm -hmm. rather than force. Yeah, to be able to receive, and it's just what we're talking about when we're talking about receiving the good with the bad. The large self does not judge people, especially based on whether they are good or bad or, or whether what they've done is good or bad. It just receives. All of them. Right. And that's power. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's powerful in that it transforms. You know, when you receive someone for everything they are, you know, it helps them to heal. It helps them to transform and grow. Because then the, just the process ensues and there's this creativity. Mm. Part of my personal practice in all of this has been um, trying to get really good at just paying attention to what to what my what my body feels like when I'm um, maybe more oriented towards the smaller self. Okay. Um, you know, and I know I I know when it's happening or when I'm getting close because my body feels constricted, mm. and not only does my body feel constricted, but I've noticed also that my thinking becomes really linear, binary, and rigid. Mm. And it also, also mm. the thinking has a flavor of criticism and condemnation. Yes. And so out of paying attention to those things and, and noticing those, my, how my body feels, the attributes of my, uh, thinking and how my consciousness feels more constricted my body feels more constricted mm -hmm. over time the more i have practiced connecting those attributes to the small self the more i've been able to kind of differentiate from that or move out of that into a different mm. experience and so it's been good for me to to have um to build this awareness of just what my body feels like it's yes it's a great tool that you can use in, in a practical tool that you can use in what we're talking about i think what what does your body feel like when it's moved into the large or when you've moved into the large self well my muscles are much more loose and limp and relaxed oh okay um and i also feel like a, um like my presence hmm. maybe <laughs> this may sound strange but uh maybe just as in the room instead of just restricted to my body hmm. okay it's this expanded experience sure and the more we are able to be in that and encounter that hmm. the more we're able to <clears throat> notice where we want to be mm. you know what i mean and what yeah. feels yeah what feels um more receptive yeah when i think about you know how how this feels to be receptive you know um to another person or even to myself and i you know i think about the the breathing breathing in what someone has said or even just breathing in what what has happened you know like it's it's sort of like breathing it into my being into my chest and then um but it's it's life-giving you know the breath that you take in is life-giving you feel 
more alive and more creative and energized by it. And even, and even I've found with receiving another person, you know, even if you're receiving something that we might consider negative or something like that, that there's that through that transaction that happens, the process of receiving someone else, that that, that in itself is just life giving. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I know that when, you know, um, I first kind of really started focusing on this, my body would constrict if mm. someone, if, if I felt like someone was telling me something negative, mm-hmm. it's almost like I was trying to protect my body or myself or my heart or my consciousness. Yes. Guarding myself from the, mm. the negativity that, that someone was, mm. you know, speaking Spitting about. Spitting out there, yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah, I don't feel like I have to do that anymore because, um, or as much. I mean, I still notice myself doing that on some level, but. Yeah. Um, okay. I've just, I've just noticed that that's, I don't need to do that. There's no, there's no need to do that. It's not going to injure you to receive something that's negative, or that you know. Be, why? Well, because now I'm not. I don't really see it as negative. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. In the beginning, it was like, oh, this is negative or protect toxic or whatever, it. and yeah. protect. Now it's it's just it's just what's happening. Yes. And Yes. It's a heck of a lot easier to yeah. In, receive. In terms of the body, I, I feel like, too, when I'm judging and, you know, dividing everything from this binary perspective, I get more tired. You know, mm. so when I say when I'm receiving, it's it's more life-giving for me. If I'm not doing that, if I'm just, you know, silently judging everything that happens or everything that someone says or something, then... It just uh, it wears me out. I get tired. I I start to disengage. Sure, you know, and uh, yeah, it's kind of fatiguing. Sure, it takes a lot of energy for your body, the muscles in your body, to be constantly constricted, right? Mm-hmm. And along with that, it takes a lot of energy, mental energy, to be mm-hmm. constantly categorizing and judging things. Yes, that's you know that's that's energy and so you're expending a lot of energy throughout the day judging criticizing categorizing and thought form keeping the Mm -hmm. muscles in your body constricted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a lot of exertion yeah and the uh and the creativity that we're talking about isn't happening right so the but the creativity itself is Mm life-giving it feels good to both people Mm -hmm. um it feels life-giving to both people. Um, and ju- the judging and, and categorizing and, and dividing is bogs that down. There's no creativity in that. No. So we've identified a few things that you can do practically. You can start saying yes. You can start, you know, even breathing in and receiving what people say mm-hmm. rather than saying it's good or bad or start saying it seems like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I say that a lot seems like mm-hmm. seems like yeah right I get All it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can start 
trying to differentiate from the small self, which, you know, judges itself and others and move into the large self, paying attention to what that does in your body and how you feel different when you're doing that. The large self is, um, the part of us that can receive the small self and receive others with all the good and bad mm-hmm. that they contain. Um, no matter what, with with the mistakes, as we would, you know, we might we might call them mistakes, you know. It's just something that that you that you practice. It's it, it it's just it's worthy. It's worthy of being practiced. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. We will talk to you soon. Thanks. <laughs>